and begin. Hey everyone, I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane. Lucy's in bed and I am so happy you could join us for happy hour for this family tree episode 12. Now I don't want to criticize the opening. Oh geez. No, but I'm just saying from going forward from now on, do you think you should always say I'm so happy that you join us for happy hour. You like the oh, double happy? Have I been saying that the whole time? Yeah. Honestly, it's just dawning on me now. I. That sounds awful. Okay. That sounds awful. So glad, maybe. So let's try it with glad. Okay. Do you want to try it? No, no. Stop. Right. Hey, just making sure. Shane, why are you irritable? You're not feeling too good tonight, but you look good. And I made you a brandy. Thank you. So I'm hoping that's going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, There's three culprits for why I don't feel good right now. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, number one, I have been putting bacon in the microwave for the last couple of days and eating it. And <laughs> any time I've done that, my tummy has been hurting. Culprit number two, uh, I had a theory that almond milk didn't need to be refrigerated. <laughs> And uh, we weren't refrigerating almond milk. We were storing it in a closet. I drank a lot of unrefrigerated almond milk. And I, you looked it up and said it's no good for you. So that, that could be it. Number three, uh, leading up to you getting pregnant for the last time, the one that didn't work out, we were partying a, a lot because we when you're pregnant, you can't really party or uh drink we weren't partying it's not like we were like doing cocaine or anything (laughs) but we were going out more often and going on vacations and like we even went to vegas and yeah we were drinking a lot because we had a babysitter with us so we were able to do that and we really not to say we overdid it we did it exactly the way we wanted to but i kind of ate and drank myself into a bit of a corner and now that you're no longer pregnant again because of the miscarriage the good times are still rolling in terms of food and drink department. So I need your help. Okay. what I'm saying. What so can I do? I, out of all those three culprits, I, the one I'm pinning it on the most is honestly the not, not the bacon or the almond milk. What? It's the, the lifestyle leading up to uh, your pregnancy. But then I'd be feeling it too. No. Beca- and we, I, we didn't drink. Like, I mean, like we had three vacations over the period of yeah but still you treat your body you treat your body better than me and then aside from those vacations we only went out i'm i'm more of a pig than you i'll admit that i guess you go out more than me too i don't go out that often no 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 but more than me i'm saying i'm i'm more of a pig than you okay (laughs) oink oink daddy pig i need your help I want to make sure we're doing these chef's place dinners, which are very uh, chef's plates dinners, which are very sorry <laughs> chef's plates. We're doing chef's plate. We're doing chef's plate dinners, which are very healthy. So if we could continue doing those at the nighttime, yep. So my plan is to have a perfect week, and I consider a perfect week uh, running every day at five a.m., mm-hmm. doing one gym workout through the day, eating a healthy lunch, and eating a healthy dinner. And if you could just help me in any way stay on target i would appreciate it because i am feeling as you know so sick right now shane i'm here for you and i know you're playing it up for the microphone i'm not i'm near i'm here for you i know but i really need it microphones aside i know i know that was a real kiss no microphone came with me there um so what's your opening banter well we do have a lot of callers so i do want to keep it short 
Um, however, I want to say thank you to all that have listened and reached out about the miscarriage. There's been a lot of really sweet messages and I appreciate every single one. Uh, and I've just been thinking a lot about how, how I've been feeling because my, my emotions regarding everything that's happened, they, they come in waves and they still do come in waves, but now I'm finding, and I want to know if you're with me on this in any way, but I find that I'm more pissed off now than uh like devastated or sad like I was before and it's not even they're like for very silly reasons Mm. that I can't help but feel this way but uh I was really looking forward to having the babies be like Lucy and the new baby be a month apart and I was really a month apart that's impossible no like their birthdays like Lucy would be in May baby would be in June and like I I for sports reasons and this is totally silly but it is proven that babies born the first half of the year generally excel more in sports aside from basketball which we like the best anyhow mm-hmm. but now we're probably not gonna have a baby till the second half of the year and i know that doesn't matter but uh it just you know threw off my plan i'm just kinda i've been, well, I've been one baby's off about that. always a dud no matter what one Even. baby's all, who's the dud between jake and i Jake's my brother. You. I'm the dud. Yeah. Why am I so duddy? <laughs> it sounded like you said dirty in just like a funny way. Why am I so duddy? Duddy one. Like a baby you said it. Like like covered in mud. Why am I so duddy? Or patois. Yeah. But let's. I was trying to get away from that angle. Oh, sorry. So you're like a like baby. Like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, why are you the dud? Uh. Well, I think Jake is a little more organized than you. Yes. And he is a little bit more uh, civilized, I guess. Civilized? I'm just saying, if you had to choose a dud, he would not be the dud. Okay, so he is very handsome. He's incredibly fit. He's, I think, more intelligent, and he's more organized. But does he have a podcast? No, I think he'd be too cool to have a podcast. It's kind of embarrassing to have a podcast. Well, don't tell me what I already know. Okay, I'm just trying to gain points here. Who is uh, more of a pleasure to be around? I don't know. Jake can be a pleasure. I don't like this weight. He can be a pleasure. All right, all right. I'm the dud. Mm -hmm. Who's the dud between you and your sister? My sister's the dud. Why? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I was just gonna try to think of something is Tip witty. Not the dud. I'm sorry, Tip. You're the dud. She's a very duddy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all fun and games, by the way. I don't actually uh, rate people. Wink. But seriously, um, what what else you got? Because. No. Oh, no, no. You were asking me a question. Um, do you feel the same way as I do? Or was that just kind of me planning it out and having an idea of how you wanted, the, how I wanted the pregnancies or the children mm-hmm. kind of lining up? Because for me, it's like, uh, it's kind of a disaster. But I mean, it's, I mean, very low on the totem pole of disasters. Well, I've honestly been so concerned with uh, tummy aches and diarrhea that it's been hard to really worry about anything else. Yeah, but I mean, the tummy aches and diarrhea have only been 
you know, for the last couple of days, but in general. But there's been a that, lot of tummy pain. I'm nervous because uh, you're not feeling well. Mm-hmm. I don't think you read the article that I asked you to read. Okay, there's an article that was negative about moms drinking and uh, organizations that mm-hmm. involve moms drinking because it can promote alcoholism to parents, which is deemed irresponsible. Is that the crux of it? Yeah. What else would I need to read about that? It's like Just in case there were any lines that got you feeling fired up, anything like that. I was just mm. curious. But that's fine. We the only lines I'm worried about are lines to the bathroom when I have diarrhea. There's three bathrooms in this house and you and I are the only people I use. Them. I mean when I'm out in public. You've been having these tummy issues when you're out in public? Everywhere. On the bus? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what's okay. What does this mean then? What are you going to do? to get better so i know you want to have clean weeks clean weeks is all i need like how long do these queen do these clean weeks last like are we just forever feel good just forever. forever this you should always have a clean week no i know if you can and then like your weekend can be a little more uh party mode mm-hmm. shane if you could rate so as you said we are doing chef's plate uh for our meals nowadays and i have been loving it I know you've been liking it, but what would you rate it out of 10? 10 being absolutely amazing, great thing that people should do, one being a not worth your money. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's like 9 or 10. It's yeah. up there. Yeah. I really like Chef's Plate. I didn't think I would. There's so many advantages. Um, the cost is very reasonable, like more than reasonable. Yeah. It's cheaper than getting groceries. So many times people want to cook and they want to buy all the, the groceries because they're under the illusion that it's cheaper but really you buy all those spices and everything it's very expensive you end up making that one home-cooked meal and then the spices are hidden away in the cupboard for the rest of eternity and you never use them again all your extra veggies go bad and then when you go to make that meal again you've even forgotten you've even bought those spices and you buy them all over again and it it starts whereas chef's plate gives you all the ingredients the perfect amount so it's very efficient Mm -hmm. in that way and the meals are so delicious what's been your favorite um, the very first one we had was That's great. my favorite too. It was uh, a Thai beef green curry. Mm-hmm. I've never made curry because I've always been too nervous to, I haven't really ever cooked Asian before because I've been too nervous about screwing it up, but they make it so, um. And you're always so worried about appropriation. <laughs> when I'm cooking. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You're the one saying duddy every two seconds. <laughs> I'm a duddy girl. <laughs> I stopped. Yeah, but I continued. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> That's all right. You're just a duddy boy. Stop. Like, <laughs> I was, I was I kidding. I can't stop. Now it's just in my head. Um, what, what, what were we saying about Chef's Plate there? It's good. And this is not an ad. No, absolutely not an ad. Uh, we're just really impressed with it. But yeah, I was always intimidated to cook uh, Asian dishes just because I never had. And I get intimidated in the kitchen. I think a lot of people do if you're not used to something. But the very first curry dish we had was insane. They dumb it down, but not to the point where, like, you learn things because of the way that they explain it. You know, mm-hmm. there's no fancy lingo. It's totally for lay people. But at the same time, my mom, who is a great cook, would absolutely love these, I think, too. Yeah, anyone would, I, I would think. Yeah, no, they're they're so great. And, like, I'm, like, not the easiest person to cook for. Like, I don't like fish. I don't like mushrooms. I don't like things. Mayo. I don't like mayonnaise. They work around your food specifications. Yeah, or your loving wife does. Like, you don't want a pesto aioli, I'll make you a custom pesto aioli. 
That was me, babe, not chef's plate. I love saying aioli. Aioli. Aioli is a great word, except it reminds me of like when we were growing up, and I think my mm-hmm. parents have told you this. My brother and I and my parents uh, used to call throwing up oleing. So if you had to oli, right. then you would oli. We had an oli bucket, you know, the oli bowl, and it would sit beside your bed when you were sick. So aioli mm-hmm. does always make me think of oli. Just sorry. I always think of Tony Danza, and I always imagine if he had a friend named Oli, and he'd be like, hey, Oli. You know, you do look look very cute tonight, and I think it has to do with the fact that you're not feeling well, Mm -hmm. and this is going to sound bad, but I, I do like it when you aren't feeling good. In the sense, it's very much like Phantom Thread, a fantastic movie. Go see it if you haven't, Uh, but where, you know, this really busy guy husband you know his wife poisons him Mm -hmm. every once in a while to kind of bring him back down to reality humble him and like make him beg for being taken care of by her Mm -hmm. and uh seems crazy but i always kind of like it when you're sick for that reason it's it's kind of nice you're very sweet you're just gentle you're like sleepy and cuddly and Mm. i'm looking forward to snuggling with you after i'm watching a movie okay so um we are we have several experts tonight several professionals and i'm very excited to talk to all of them uh however we're not calling our first one for about 10 minutes so we have a quick call from a non-expert normal person and i think we should start off with that hello leanne this is alex and shane from this family tree how are you good how are you so good you tried to ask me a question this morning over instagram and yes. <laughs> I essentially told you to shut up and ask me on the podcast tonight. Yeah. So? I have lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Uh, let's start off. What is your question? A question. Uh, a question. Um, no, just because you always post about the baby-led weaning. Mm. And, oh, Ella just came and found me. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying it with Adam. And I did it with Ella, but she just ate everything, no problems. Where he's a little more scary. Mm-hmm. So my thing was like with the toast, because when he eats it, it crumbles. He gets, he's constantly gag- gagging. So I didn't know if you use like a, like, you know, if rye was better or like certain brands or. How old is he? Seven months. Yeah, so I think we started toast at about seven months. Um, we've always used Ezekiel bread. Uh, I get it in the freezer section of the organic area in Fortino's. Oh, okay. Um, and then we just keep it in in the freezer until she eats it. But I, I get the orange kind. Like there's a bunch of Ezekiel breads. They all have different. I, I don't exactly know what this one is, but I know it has no honey, no anything bad. Um, and Lucy's always been able to eat it. I just I toast it and butter it and give it to her and it's she she gagged too when she was seven months old like oh, way yeah. more he often just she doesn't gets, gag anymore he gets like big chunks like more than I'm like okay is this normal like <laughs> and I know he gets it out like he's, he hasn't choked or anything mm-hmm. would but, you would you like do you give him sticks of bread no so <laughs> just like I've given him the to- like toasted and then. Uh, been starting to give him like more sticks of different things yeah the bread one i get more paranoid with because it just is so crummy 
Yeah, no, I, I get I get what you mean with that. Um, I don't know. I've always found that toasting it helped because I found it got gummy if we didn't do that. And then she'd just be chewing it for too long and then it would kind of get into blobs. But we've always had success just cutting it, like cutting the toast into really, really thin strips, buttering it like pretty heavily, uh, <laughs> which is really, it tastes great and it's good for babies. Um and then giving it to her like that. And then if he's taking a lot, like make sure the strips are really thin and then just give him one at a time so you can kind of control what's going into his mouth. Yeah, he literally just started putting food in his mouth. Uh-uh. Like everything else he'd put in his mouth, but you put food on his tray, it was like a no-go. Uh-huh. I'm like, come on, like this is good. <laughs> nope, you just pick it up and throw it. Did Ella so. uh, gag a lot on food? No, Ella was like... She just ate everything. She chewed. He still has, like, that tongue thrust. Okay, okay, yeah. So he's just starting to get... I only just started to give him solids because he got better with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she was ready at, like, four months to wanting to eat what we're eating. So I'd puree her stuff. Yeah. But at six, seven months, I was just cutting her food up, and she'd eat it. No problem. Yeah, you well, you if it makes you feel any better, like, Lucy was she would like choke frequently on her food well not not choke but gag right which is mm-hmm. a reflex to stop them from actually choking for the first two months so like at six months and at seven months very frequently and and as she got more used to it it just it just went away and now uh it never happens unless she's she's actually choking which she did the other night uh oh, God. which was scary but um you know obviously we took care of it yeah, but yeah, I, it it will go away, and I just think continuing to get into practice and things is the best yeah. way. But Today we did cucumbers, and it was great. And I'm like, why can't every food just be like this one? Cucumbers are so easy. I know they're delicious. Kids love them. It's good. But honestly, I I, I try Ezekiel bread because uh, we had success with it. Um, yeah, let me let me know. Yeah, how it and works. like I'd see your post, and I was like, that bread looks like good. Yeah, <laughs> like, looks simple for to use especially for the babies and anyway, it's a great rather than way. like wonder bread where it's thick and it's yep like even toasted it just breaks apart so easily no absolutely um unless it's black but it's it's a nice way to to give them other nutrients and good fats they need like that's how we'd give her peanut butter we'd spread avocado on it hummus things like that and then it's just like it's the bread becomes like a vehicle for all the other good stuff yeah you know pretty much a good source to get. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, do you what, have another one? What's the other one? Yeah, yeah. What's the other one? Oh, I don't know. Oh, you lied. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded no, cool I... to say you had more questions. <laughs> no, literally, I, I pretty much ask her questions every day. So It is true. Leanne, feel free anytime. We'd love to uh, chat with you over the phone more, okay? So call okay. us any week we're doing a podcast. Yeah, We'd love be to a have regular. You. Okay, okay, I'll ask Shane. Was he more paranoid with oh. baby led weaning? Uh, like, was that Chris par- is more like, no. there's a gag. It's like, oh my God. Oh, more, well, whatever. I did something so stupid because I wasn't paranoid at all. I was just so confident in Lucy and her eating abilities. And I didn't know that certain foods are more dangerous at all. I just thought, oh, if you kind of chew it up and it's small, it'll be fine. So one day I was eating an apple and uh, I just bit off a little chunk and was like, hey, watch this. And I showed Alex and I handed it to Lucy. She popped it in her mouth 
and instantly started choking instantly. And then I thought she was going to die and I didn't know what to do. And then Alex dislodged it from Lucy's uh, throat. And for context, Lucy was like eight months at the time. So she was only on like boiled, like boiled veggies and like avocado and really soft fruits. This was her her first raw anything. There you go. And it was like yeah. probably a um, chunk. Like yeah, that. I kind of threw her to the wolves food wise, but yeah, I am a little paranoid now when she's eating anything that it's she's gonna choke. Yeah. Yeah, like I still cut my son's grapes and when he goes to school because yeah, we cut I was them like, too. He, he eats like he's gonna be eight, but oh, eight years they, old. Yeah. Oh, that's extreme. No, well, you know, you know. I'm why? just because kidding. I don't know. So, but they eat so fast, right? And I'm not there. And who knows what teachers in the classroom, if any, like at that moment. And I'm like so paranoid over that. Well, grapes are like the number one death trap for kids, aren't they? For their throats, yeah. Hot dogs. Yeah. And honestly, so I, I rarely teach elementary school, um, but when I do... <laughs> I know, I'm always like, what schools are you at? Because yeah. I wonder if you'll go to my son. <laughs> yeah, no, or- rare, rarely, rarely elementary, but when I do, uh, they often assign me lunchtime duty. So I'm walking in at a classroom, monitoring kids at lunch, and these young kids, it, they're talking and eating and talking and talking yeah. and talking and eating. And that makes me nervous, and for that reason... I would be cutting and I will be cutting Lucy's grapes until she's like 10 mm-hmm. probably. And I honestly <laughs> recommend that to anybody because I see these kids in action. They don't shut up long enough to actually take a bite. Oh, yeah. So even it, he's it like, why are they cut? Yeah. Because. Like, yeah. Because I love you. Yeah. I was like, because. And sometimes they take it out on the playground depending on what school. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're running and eating, like yeah, exactly. Okay, I don't need you choking at school. No, I'm I'm honestly all for it, and I choke very easily because I do things too hastily, uh, and I fall, I hit my head on things, I choke on things. I'm always trying to multitask, but yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. But Leanne, thank you so much again for your call, and uh, love to have you back. All right, sounds great. Have thank a you good guys. Night. You too. Bye. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so uh, don't run and eat. Don't run and eat. These kids it's sound like real daredevils that you're uh, Honestly, school Jenny, teaching. You know, well, the thing is with lunchtime supervisors, so you'll have, even in the, the young classrooms, mm-hmm. they'll have so if it's grades one to three. Maybe they'll have a kid in grade five as their lunchroom supervisor. This kid in grade five doesn't know how to dislodge a piece of food in somebody's windpipe, right? Mm-hmm. So, or esophagus, not your windpipe, I don't know. Is that the same? But uh, it's it's scary. It's very scary. And these kids are standing up and everything like that. So, yeah, highly recommend cutting your kids' food because I see them in action at lunchtime and it's scary. Noted. So next we have – we're from Hamilton, as uh, you guys know if you listen to this podcast. Um, and during my mat leave, I was really involved with a group and still so uh, involved with a group called Moms Hamilton. So it's this great girl, Shelby, um, and she plans all these events – for moms in Hamilton. Booze events. Some of them are, yeah. But uh, just tons of events, like whether it's music classes for kids or they, she usually tries to integrate moms into it because there is so much isolation and, you know, there's a lot going on with you. When well, there's beer pong posting. at some and ch- <laughs> chugging competitions. There's no... no. What? I don't know. Well, I'm just I'm trying to be you. funny here. I know, but I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm trying to hit an unfunny note by saying how hard it is for moms on mat leave sometimes. Well, it's working. <laughs> but 
It is it is very difficult. Um, so I was so appreciative when Shelby would host these events mm-hmm. um, around the city because it was just a great way to go out, meet new friends. And I have an amazing group of mom friends who I became very close with. Uh, and we met at a coffee event. Mm-hmm. That, but that then an article came out that said booze is bad. Don't have booze events for moms. Just to get to the yes. point, right? Yeah. So I saw on a woman's Facebook uh, that I'm friends with. She said, oh, I lost my taste for alcohol when I was pregnant with my kid. And this is a great article for the modern mom who boozes too much. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know any moms who booze too much. I, I know lots of moms who enjoy a drink, mm-hmm. but I don't know any who booze too much. And this article uh, kind of condemned a lot of um, mommy drinking events. And even saying that, like there are no mommy drinking events. There's mom events where they might have beverages where people grab them and just kind of sip over the course of mm-hmm. a couple hours. And it's so tame and it's so civilized. And I was I was kind of shocked that there was this uproar against it. So we are getting in touch right now with um, one of the run people that runs one of the women who runs Moms Toronto, which is kind of the parent group of Moms Hamilton. Okay. They were mentioned directly in the article. Yes. So I'd love to get her take on it. Let's call it up. Hello. Hey, this is Alex and Shane from This Family Tree. I hey. am just realizing I only know you as Moms Toronto. I, I don't know your name. <laughs> Alana. Alana. Hi, Alana. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for taking our call tonight. So um, I'm from Hamilton. And throughout my mat leave, uh, I got to know Shelby from Mm -hmm. Moms Hamilton. She used to live in Toronto. Um, And I was just telling my husband, Shane, I'm so grateful for the events that she put on because it was so wonderful during the time of like isolation, not knowing moms, not having any mom friends to be able to get out and, you know, find this group of women who I've become really close to since. Awesome. Um, And... We were just describing the article uh, that I read recently that was shared on Facebook and it was shared in a lot of newspapers and all over the internet uh, about why mommy drinking culture has to go. Uh, And it suggested that moms drink really heavily to cope and that events that um, give alcohol to moms are terrible and basically condemning them. I had a lot of fun on mat leave because of these events. I mean, I was going to sing-alongs and library book readings seven days a week. So the one day a week that a brewery would have a baby-friendly mm-hmm. event, it was such a relief. And I felt like a grown-up. I felt like I could socialize and actually yep. kind of meet new people. So I just, as, like, you run these events. And I was just so curious for your take on it because they do mention Moms Toronto in the article. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thanks for your time. Um, yeah. I mean, high level, you also have to remember the, the perspective of the writer, right? Mm-hmm. This particular author has an alcoholism history. She identifies herself as a severe alcoholic. And ironically, her husband is one of the top sommeliers in the country. I read that. So yeah. she's somebody who is, who is per, like it's permeated in her life that wine culture is, is a reality and look some people have an addiction issue mm-hmm. and the truth is is that if you ha- if your battle is alcoholism and it's a genetic battle where your parent or your grandparent suffered from alcoholism the chances are that we are not the right group of moms for you yeah right yeah um and that's not who we're catering to there is a very strong aa community for moms in recovery mm-hmm. and 
and they can do their jam or happy for them, you know? Yeah. Um, we're for everybody else, right? We're for the other 95% of the, of the population who um, is used to a, um, a, um, a, a culture in which alcohol is part of society. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you read the article um, or any article that's been written about us since 2017, which I think is about 31 articles. Oh, my God. Um, the conversation is not necessarily taking into account any of the, you know, 16,000 women that have come to events in the last three years, yeah. right? Which is exactly the story you're telling, which is people having fabulous experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the booze, right? It isn't about the booze. It's what the booze represents, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That glass of wine represents freedom, choice, independence, sense of self identity other than mother you're right? giving me the goosebumps i know i want a glass of wine right now <laughs> i'm drinking as we speak as my kids are trying to go to bed yeah so i mean that's what it's about right it's it's, it's what the wine means right yeah. and what we are doing is we're being social disruptors in the mommy sphere right mm-hmm. and when you're a disruptor sometimes you have criticism right uber didn't come out of the gates with people loving the concept Absolutely. neither did airbnb right so as a disruptor in the mommy space and we're sort of throwing a wrench into people's ideal of what they think motherhood should look like, which is yeah. barefoot pregnant at home or, you know, ready to have sex with their husband every morning or, you know, with your hair being pulled out and not feeling great. Well, we want to give moms the opportunity to feel great. Postpartum anxiety, postpartum just uh, depression, yep. loneliness, isolation. Like it's now, you know, the end of uh, nearing the end of October, like in the next six months are going to be very dark for people. Oh my gosh. And you better believe your bottom dollar. We're going to be doubling <laughs> down on ensuring that we create safe space for moms to be able to connect not only in person, but online. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's so huge. Our, our, our gift is this. We try to give moms a great day, a great year. And in Hamilton has been one of my most successful chapters. Mm-hmm. We're launching also, we have launched in New York and we have dad's TO as well. We're looking at Vancouver, Montreal, Halifax oh, and the prairies for 2020. So um, this is like, this is a national emergency. Like women's isolation and loneliness, especially for millennial moms. Like mm-hmm. it's an amazing time to be a parent. I think we have a responsibility to lift each other up and to create these safe spaces, but also to like, sort of pump out the best quality information and experiences. So everything Moms Toronto stands for and our, you know, um, subsidiaries and other Mm -hmm. cities and and other brands is we try to give people top shelf experiences. And that's not for everyone either, right? Not everyone wants a top shelf experience. If you want to go to an earlier center, that's totally cool. And that's like your identity and you want to go bang on a drum in a basement where no one talks to each other. That's cool. (laughs) But what we really try to do is put people at the center of the parenting conversation, right? Yeah. So we have some secret sauce of how we do that. Shelby has like executed beautifully. Oh my gosh, she Um, has, yeah. And uh, she's really like one of my like bright, shiny stars. Um, But it's very personality driven and she loves it and she gets it, right? This isn't just some stupid mommy club. This is a revolution, right? This is, this is a, this is a movement for millennial moms to sort of say we are every parenting generation has a, um, an obligation, I think, to leave their fingerprint for the next generation. Mm -hmm. And what's our fingerprint going to be? It's going to be that we are going to give you permission to pick yourself, um, so that you can be the best parent possible for your spouse, for your family, and for yourself. Yes. And it's okay to say to I can say to you, like, I'm giving you permission to pick you. And the child is obviously a major part of your life. And we want you to love parenthood. Mm-hmm. You got to get over the hump of like that major isolation and loneliness to see the bright light at the end of the tunnel, right? Absolutely. And like, 
you know, even though they're a handful right now, it turns into becoming like a heartful, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea is to like try to a mix of sort of celebrating those like really hard moments, but also trying to celebrate those like sweet cookies, you know, they're sort of the, the rose, the thorn on the rose, right? Like you got to look at the whole flower, right? And that's what I think we're trying to do here is sort of make people laugh, let them learn a bit, connect in person, have a glass of motherfucking wine, you know, (laughs) or whatever, you know, in more recent events, we've had cannabis sponsors, right? So um, we actually had Shelby on, she was talking a lot about that. It was, it was really great. Yeah. So I think that's really what it's about is like this spice of life, which is like, as millennials, like we've been also told, like we're the generation of like, you know, we'll have a non-chai latte, like, you know, flat with extra foam. Like Mm -hmm. we want exactly what we want, how we want it. Right. So why shouldn't you be able to tailor make your motherhood and make it a little bit bespoke? And it's not a one size fits all. And mom's geo is not a one size fits all. So if you want to criticize us about mommy shaming and, and mommy culture, like, I'm sorry. I understand. I agree. Like the marketing wheels of like mommy time and mommy juice, it's fucking lame. Like, don't get me wrong, you know, but if you actually come and see the beautiful connections and experiences that moms are having in person, meaning leaving the house, paying for a ticket, Mm -hmm. getting into a taxi or getting on the subway or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and showing up at one of our events, you better believe you're going to have a really good time. Like we are going to ensure that you made the time to show up, we are going to give you the best experience. No, it's, it's amazing. And you know, I keep thinking about like, so when I first started going to mom's Hamilton events, uh, it was like, I was coming out of like at postpartum anxiety mm-hmm. and it, it was hard. None of my friends have kids. It was yeah. really hard. And then I, I went to this one coffee event. There were a ton of moms there instantly connected with them. Then the next time we met up, it was just like, I was like, you know what, to hell with it. I'm going to have these girls over at my house for mm-hmm. some wine if they want with, you know, it'll, like in the middle of the day, a glass of wine over lunch while all our kids kind of play in the living room. Mm-hmm. And they all came. We all got to know each other so much better. The wine was there just as like you said, like a symbol of, all right, be yourself, let your guard down. And then mm-hmm. the conversation shifted from like, oh, your kid is adorable. How old is he? To like, all right, this is what I'm going through with my husband right now. It's hard. Is yeah. this normal? Is anybody else going through this? Mm-hmm. And then people relating on a way deeper level. And yep. I can only take so many, like I said, sing-alongs. Wait, you didn't talk shit about me in these meetings, did I you? Always yeah, talk shit about you. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know if I approve of these wine meetings. <laughs> wine meetings. The husband bashing wine meetings. Yeah, that's the but, yeah. but honestly, I, I do so appreciate these events. And I know so many women who have gotten so much out of them. Um, so a heartfelt thank you for bringing that to the forefront because oh. it is it is so important. But is the reason things are getting out of hand in, with these articles is do you think the memes are to blame? Because the memes in, are so in, in all the memes, the joke is... Uh, that the moms are alcoholics. It's yeah. like it's always wine o'clock, kids in bed, and is mm-hmm. and they just took that joke as a literal thing when really the moms are using these memes as a more frivolous exaggeration. It's such a frivolous exaggeration. Yeah, Look, there's def- I think there is an ebb and flow, right? I do mm-hmm. think there are times when it is self medication, but mm-hmm. so is food. Okay, so is sex. Oh yeah. So is television. Yep. Anything to numb the wine and make your life a little bit better. And who the fuck cares? Yeah. Like what people do beside behind their closed doors is their problem. And I do think like there's other coping mechanisms. Look, if you want to go do yoga classes or do fitness yep. is like your couch. Like I'm not going to judge you for that mm-hmm. healthy decision. Mm-hmm. But you know what? 
Instagram and social media was built on the backs of the fitness industry of these gurus who were thin and blonde and like made a reputation for themselves of like 100 million followers based on the fact that they were pretty and hot. Like, that's not real either. How is that healthy for women's self-esteem, right? So fuck you, right? So, you know, are somebody who's gone through that experience of having to witness those things and what you're, yeah, so the memes are funny, right? And a gif is funny, but like, at the end of the day, like, we're talking about serious shit and often you have to use humor, right? In order to bring light to a situation. Because if you can't find the the humor in it, then, then I'm sorry. Like, that's fine. Look, alcoholism is a serious issue. We had a big disclaimer on our website for the last three years. It says if you are pregnant or expecting like fetal alcohol syndrome is a thing. If you have issues and you think you're going down through a slippery slope, we had like a whole FAQ about this. And then I took it off the website because like that's not my fight song. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I have other fights. It shouldn't be on you. Right. It's not on me. And the truth is, is like, I felt like it was my responsibility a bit that like, yes, we have dry tickets at all of our events. Alcohol is always available, but so is at every restaurant, institution, (laughs) house party. Like unless you are going to a church basement for an AA meeting, there was no (laughs) alcohol there. I get it. And it better be really good coffee, you know? And if we yeah. were going to start like some sort of tea club, which we tried and no one came. I was just going like, to say, I, I, <laughs> that wouldn't be you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's fine. And the truth is like, guys, you know what? Like, media is always hungry for a little bit of a bite. I don't mind that we get used as an example. The truth is I was going to respond and I decided not to mm-hmm. um, because I'm too busy. Like, I'm yeah. too busy building a really vibrant thriving membership-based community of women whose lives are being touched every single day. And I'm not, you know, we just sent out like 135 packages to our new, um, like car carrying members, the halo community. Mm -hmm. And like, there was no, I didn't send them bottles of wine. I sent them like protein bars and like band-aids for their kids and a beautiful love letter and a piece of jewelry, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's about just elevating the everyday because the everyday kind of sucks, right? Yeah. Especially in those early stages. And then you go back to work and then you have to figure out like, it, or maybe it, you don't, yeah, right? Like yeah. everything sucks, right? So parenthood is like, it's it's a, it's a militia, right? It's an army of people who are going through this thing together. And if we're in the barracks together, you can create a sisterhood or a motherhood or a fatherhood or whatever. You can create a, like a, a brotherhood, right? It's yeah. a mm-hmm. uniting stripe. And think about the times in your life when you've made new friends, right? The only times you make really new friends is like maybe school, maybe university, maybe college, maybe work. Like this is a time to actually facilitate fantastic new friendships. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is hard when you're an adult. It is so hard. And that's right. So we're trying to create safe spaces for people to like have the boundaries knocked down a bit. And like, look, if the media wants to go after these sorts of people, the media is gross, right? Mm -hmm. Like TMZ is gross, you know? (laughs) So like Toronto (laughs) publications are gross. And like this woman wrote from a place of complete sincerity. Like we are not her mommy club. That is okay. Mm -hmm. And I do think the pinkification of the alcohol industry is gross. Like, don't get me wrong. But like, I'm going to lean on the marketing wheels a bit because it's funny. Right. Like our brand was called mommy that like to wine because it was a double entendre and it's funny and I'm witty. And like, that's why I just come up with tongue in cheek things all the time. (laughs) Who I am. So like that's, you know, and part of my like humor is how I cope with the hard stuff. Right. So like, I am not an alcoholic. I'm having a glass of wine right now. I don't need this glass of wine, but I enjoy it. And at the end of the day, if I'm going to have a glass of wine, that's okay. I'm not downing a bottle, but sometimes I do down a bottle and you know what, who the fuck cares? Like (laughs) if you want to smoke three blunts or if you're fucking cheating (laughs) on your spouse or if you are like, you know, (laughs) if you're gambling every night, like, and if you have an addiction, right. If it it is addiction, addiction is a problem, right. 
but I'm not going to go around and tell you how to live your life. I'm just going to give you permission to pick you. You know what I mean? Yep. There's no, a difference. I love that so much. Yeah. And Alana, seriously, thank you so much. Shane and I are going to toast you because we are uh, currently <laughs> sipping on brandy. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to toast you from Hamilton. And uh, What's your podcast called? This Family Tree Podcast. This Family Tree? Yeah. It's, I, I'll link it up to you. That's so fun that you guys have a little like husband wife podcast. Yeah, um, you should check it out. Yeah. <laughs> How many episodes have you guys released? This this will be episode twelve. Yeah, twelve. Good for you guys. That's wow. good. Thank you. A season. So yeah. yeah. A season. Hell yeah. Hey, keep it yeah, going. Yeah, it's fun. If you ever want to like hear the real the real deal, I have a podcast with Dr. Dina Kulik. It's called Moms That Say Fuck. No kidding. Um. Yep. Yeah. We just released our twenty sixth episode. So we're yeah, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah, and it's really fun, and it's like one of my favorite things to do on Tuesday nights. So I appreciate the fact you guys are sitting on a Saturday night this, yeah, recording this is a Saturday podcast. Night thing, right? Yeah, this I is love a- it. It's a nice date, nice therapy session. Date. I like it. <laughs> okay, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much, a lot, Lana. Keep up the good work, oh. and if you uh, want to know more about Moms Toronto, check out MomsTO.com. Follow us on Instagram, Moms Toronto. Obviously, if this is a Hamilton listenership, you know where to go for our girl Shelby at Moms the Hand the Hammer, and. Um, yeah, if you're like interested in becoming like a card carrying member of like a, the coolest mommy club around, you can check us out as well. Because actually, Alana, uh, um, just a question because we do have uh, so it's mostly Canada and the U.S., but we do have a lot of listeners in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't have, because I have so many women messaging me, oh my god, like these events seem great. I have nothing yeah. in my town. Would they, is there any way that they'd be able to? Yeah, we're taking submissions. Yeah, we're taking submissions for what we call chapter captains. Okay. Um, And uh, yeah, across the states. We own 24 websites across the states and into the Canada, like every major city. So, um, like, we own Moms LAX, we own Moms, you know, um, um, like, I think we own, like, Moms New York, we own Moms, like, everything, Mom Boston, Chicago, LA, Miami, we own all of it. That's best. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, like those are my sort of in my in my in my pocket in my like they're my you know my um they're my pocket. So um yeah, if you if you have a large listenership in the U.S., which is awesome. So if you have a U.S. listener, I mean, listen, if they want to be a member of the moms the mom Halo community. It really knows no geography. The content is very strong. The community is raging. It's a lot of digital content. There is stuff happening online, but. Right now, the membership is like card carrying across the country and into the states. All right, so um, we'll send them your way, or yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, All good right. luck. Take uh, care. The right. Family Tree Podcast. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna listen now. Bye, bye, yeah. guys. Thanks bye. so much. Bye. She's done that before. She knew exactly what she was talking about. Hello. Hey, this is Alex and Shane from the Family Tree. And Hi, how this are family you? Tree. This Family Tree. Yes, <laughs> and I realize I do not know your first name but you are no worries yes I'm not really anywhere to be found my name is August <laughs> what is it sorry August August, August. so I only have one uh, headphone on set I don't get screwed up here um so August you are from Fregola which mm-hmm. is like yeah, I'm the founder okay which is like kind of the chef's plate of baby food yeah kind of um so all of our food is prepared so it doesn't come like a chef's plate or a mm-hmm. HelloFresh same kind of concept uh, but they don't come as raw ingredients so they're all come prepared in little individual containers mm-hmm. and it's delivered right to your door. I was going to say because chef's plate for babies would be kind of annoying yeah, because there's quite a lot of work that goes into <laughs> chef's plate. <laughs> there is a company in, in the US that does it and I find it quite interesting. I, I mean 
it's easy to think of what to cook for your baby. You just don't actually want to have to do it most of the time. So, so this is a this is a time saving uh, endeavor. Yes. Yeah, time saving, and then also um, sort of you don't really have to think about what ingredients to put in. Like, right. can my baby have this? Can my baby have that? Sort of thing. You know, I actually saw on your website, which I loved, um, it, under your facts, there was a question. It was. Uh, how do I know which nutrients my baby needs at which point of growth? And the answer was, don't worry, we got it. That's our jam. <laughs> and it, it is. It is our jam. It, it puts it puts you at ease, honestly, as a mother. Because we, we did uh, Fregola. We sampled it. And mm-hmm. I loved it. Like, I mean, like, I didn't just love it for the time saving and just because Lucy liked it all. But, like, I loved the food. We had like a mac and cheese, which was mm-hmm. insanely delicious. Were you eating the food also? I was Alice? eating the food oh. also. We hear that a lot. <laughs> okay. There was, there was a breakfast thing. It was like a bananas, oatmeal, I, vanilla. I don't I don't exactly know what it was. It was amazing. Was Lou getting enough food that week? She was all right. She's oh. a little skinny, but. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we hear actually a lot that a lot of parents will sample the food and they're like, this is really good. You should really make adult sizes. I mean, other than. <laughs> Things like we don't use salt, of course, um, just because babies' kidneys can't process salt like adults do. Uh, I did so not know that. <laughs> I know. Lots of fun facts. Um, so we use we don't use salt, uh, and then we use ingredients that are more carefully selected for babies' development. But a lot of the same things that adults would eat, which which a lot of people think that babies can't eat them, um, which is a common misconception. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with the concept of Fregola or know you wanted to get into that industry? Because that's a huge thing to take on, like to say, I'm going to make a baby yeah. food delivery <laughs> company that because you deliver all over Canada. Yeah, now we deliver all across Canada. Um, I have a background in working with babies for about eight years before I started the company. Um, I actually don't have any babies of my own. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, I don't think that, not to say that I wouldn't have been able to do it if I had any babies, but definitely not if I had any little ones because it yeah. was a struggle. Um, it's a new, definitely a new concept. Um, I mean, people I think now are getting used to the idea of food delivery in general, like, you know, organic boxes and yeah, pre-made absolutely. meals and HelloFresh and whatnot. Um, so now introducing it to babies is a new concept. And we also use a ton of unique ingredients that haven't been found in traditional shelf baby food before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was kind of a tough sell at the beginning. Uh, we've been at this three years. Uh, I founded it by myself in the first couple of years I was alone. And now I have a partner, thank God. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been tough. Uh, but yeah, it's, the first couple of years, it was, it was a tough sell for sure. A lot of people were, were worried about, you know, if the food is actually cooked fresh, where it was cooked, if it was cooked in someone's home, um, about a lot of our ingredients, uh, if it, they were safe for babies, um, you know, how it gets there, if it's going to be cold when it gets there and so on. Like there were so many questions Mm. and now I think it's sort of becoming a little bit more accepted um, and people are loving it. So what did you do before you got into it? You said you work with babies. Yeah. So um, I was teaching new moms. I kind of made up my own job, which I tend to be very good at, um, (laughs) where I was going into homes of of new parents, mostly with multiples. I did single babies as well, but mostly twins and multiples, um, where I was going in and teaching them how to take care of their newborn when they first get home from the hospital. Um, So you come home with these newborn twins that are, you know, five pounds, and you're thinking, oh, I'm scared to give them a bath, or I don't know Mm -hmm. this, or I don't know that. Um, So I would go in, you know, for the first few weeks, 
you know, sporadically and sort of just assist in making sure they're comfortable with everything. That's me. So you sound kind of like a doula. Kind of. I wasn't involved in the pregnancy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if there anyone else really does this. I kind of made up my own title of infant care specialist and ran with it. And then I worked, I worked with lots of families. Um, and then I realized, you know, there's nothing really in the baby food space other than the pouches were becoming increasingly more popular. Um, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of. So mm-hmm. kind of tried this out and so far it's going good. No, that's fantastic. Well, we, we absolutely loved it. Um, and one thing I want to ask you about was debunking the three-day rule. Because uh, mm-hmm. that's big. Like, that's right on your Instagram bio. You have it on yeah. your website. Uh, so if you could just kind of explain, because I know Shane, I don't even think, would know what the three-day rule is. So if you could go yeah. through that. Yeah, so it's interesting. So I didn't realize when I started how... I knew we were using unique ingredients and that it would be a little bit of a tough sell, but I didn't realize how many people were really, truly afraid to give their babies all of these ingredients when they're, you know, six months, eight months and whatnot, Mm -hmm. because the way that baby food brands are marketed on the shelves is, you know, four to six months or, or six to whatever months and so on in different stages. The actual ingredients that are in those staged baby foods it doesn't make a difference. Like it's strictly marketing. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that's what we're always conditioned to think is that this rule is that we can only give our babies strawberries at nine months. We can't give it to them at seven months or six months. Mm-hmm. If a baby's going to be allergic to something, they're going to be allergic to it when they're six months or when they're eight months. Allergies can develop at any time. Babies don't have a, like they're not more allergic to anything. I get that it's scarier, definitely, of course, if your baby has a rash or, you know, any sort of reaction to any sort of foods or anything, it's definitely scarier for a baby or as a parent for your baby than it would be if they were, let's say, 14 years old um, or, you know, 18 years old. So I get that part, but there's actually no scientific evidence behind waiting for, sorry, I'll explain the three-day rule um, to your husband here or your partner here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, there's some give sweet potatoes, wait three or four days, then give an apple, then wait three or four days, then give a peach. So they want you to wait three or four days in between each individual food. But then there's no real time frame of when they say that's supposed to end. And the reason that there's no time frame is because it's made up. Like it's a myth. There's no If you were doing that, because honestly, we did it because that's the only thing I knew. They would be 18 by the time you finish. That's the thing. So like I did it for the first maybe month, like before she actually started on solids. Like we started maybe at five months doing that, like a little sample every day. But then I was like, how the hell am I going to get through every single food? Like I just got to start combining things because there's there's just no way... Like, the only thing I was really worried about was, like, peanut butter, shellfish, but we still gave her those yeah, things at, like, seven, six, seven months. Yeah. 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 No. And not to say that someone can't have a crazy bad reaction to a, something like a red pepper or a peach. They definitely can. But typically speaking, um, as you said, not shellfish, dairy can be ones that are more anaphylactic. So I think to wait in between with those ones makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the evidence behind it. But, uh, so that's definitely a tough sell for people. So that's why we put it right on the Instagram and we try to elaborate as much as possible throughout the website, because that's the number one question we get is, are you sure my baby can have even something like basil at, yeah. you know, we put basil in our pasta. 
Are you sure they can have mint? Are you sure they can have, you know, coconut milk is another one that we get. Um, and it's, it's crazy to me that a lot of people don't understand how good things like, let's say use coconut milk for an example, how good they are for babies. They're actually oh my God, yeah. amazing ingredients for them. And they're just not, it's just not known um, because they're following traditionally the three day rule from their pediatrician and thank God for MDs. But at the same time, they don't really study much nutrition in medical school. They yeah. probably have like, you know, 12 well, hours of nutrition. That, in that's how like, so, you know, you think you know. of odd, odd things like food before one is just for fun. Like where the hell does that get its basis? Because it definitely isn't just for fun. There is like kids sure. start, need to begin eating to get nutrients that breast milk is lacking although you should still uh, continue to breastfeed right because none of these things are a replacement for milk but they need to coincide together definitely um i agree and i think even whether it's breast milk or formula or however you know whatever milk you're source your baby's getting um but let's use breast milk as an example because obviously it comes directly from the mom um or a mom um at some point Mm -hmm. uh it is depending on what you eat um, and it sounds like you breastfeed depending on what you eat as the mom um, or wherever the milk source is coming from you can see that in your baby so a lot of people I'm sure you've heard it before they will cut they'll notice their baby is having a reaction or getting an upset tummy and they'll cut out let's say spicy food or mm-hmm. um, you know whatever it is dairy and they'll notice that okay my baby is feeling better now so not only is it in that it's also in the milk it's dependent on what you eat too right so it's, it's definitely really really important a lot of people um think and i'm sure you've heard this as well that babies i'm just going to feed my baby what i eat which is yes. cool you can do it but again babies at that age before one shouldn't be eating salt and we salt our food a lot of the time um and also babies really really do require different nutrients than us like, there's no doubt about oh, absolutely. it. We can get away with eating a lot of things that, you know, we don't have to eat avocados. And um, I mean, it's great if we do. Our mm. skin will look amazing. But we don't <laughs> have to eat avocados and coconut milk every day. We don't have to have like a super high healthy fat diet. Yep. Whereas babies need that. They, they lack in iron. Um, there's so many different things like the leafy greens and stuff like that. And sure, it's great as an adult if you eat like that. I mean, you know, you're... You're trying to stay lean and all these other things, but at the same time, it's not required for your brain development as it is for a baby. No, absolutely. Um, August, we are out of time, but I really, really appreciate you taking our call tonight. Um, I've been really excited to talk to you, and we truly love Fregola, so I'm so happy uh, that you are Canada-wide now, and I highly recommend anybody listening to try it out because it made life so much easier. (laughs) You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello. Hi, Haley. This is Alex Hi. and Shane. Hi, Alex and Shane. How are you? We're so well. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Can you hear, can you hear me okay? We absolutely can. How about you? Yeah, perfect. I'm just, I'm unfortunately in my car at the moment. Oh, is this an okay time? It's a perfect, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah it's a perfect time. No, John, John, it's mom life. John just got called into the hospital and our oldest needs to be picked up. He's been away all week. So I'm sitting in a parking lot at the one of the carpool parking lots on the 407. So it's all good. Fun. Well, you know what? This yeah. is actually perfect. Um, so your husband got called away. He is a doctor? Yeah, he's a vascular surgeon. 
And okay. this is sort of the story of our life, really. It's so, about... <laughs> sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Is he on call just all the time? Not all the time, no. He's not on call all the time. He's actually, um, <clears throat> in the last probably year and a half, his call schedule has gotten, um, it's a lot better than it oh, used to good. be. Yeah, so no, so he's just on, he's on call this weekend. So, um, yeah, this is part of the reason why we're why we're talking because you uh, just started a website called the I Flip did. Side Life. <clears throat> the Flip Side Life. That's right for partners of people in the medical profession. I sure did, and um, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for for asking about it. Um, I did. This is something that this idea has been sort of not sort of in my heart and in my head for a long time, and and just something that because this has been part of my life. Uh, John and I have been together for many many years. All like I've been around through med school, residency, fellowship, and now seven years into his practice. And so I know the struggle is real, and I also know that a lot of other people are struggling. Mm-hmm. people end up being uh, pretty isolated at times and, and especially if you've moved here from a different country or maybe English isn't your first language I can imagine yeah yeah so and is there just because think about how hard it must be um, having you know a spouse that is on call uh, and not only that but there are higher rates and please correct me if I'm wrong of depression and things like that among doctors yeah, absolutely. And this is something, this is another, like, sort of the, the the whole idea of family and whether or not a physician's family is doing well is sort of left out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'd really, I'd really like to change that and, and make that part of the conversation when you're looking at physician health and wellness. And I, and I really do believe that. And I've been using this, this hashtag of, you know, thriving physician families matter, because you know, if I'm, if, uh, you know, as a family unit, if I'm doing well, if our family's doing well, that means that John is going to be in a better position to take on what he needs to take on at work. Mm-hmm. And you know what, then his patients are getting better care. Um, if I was a, a partner or physician, how would I kind of get involved in the flip side life? Like, how would I be able to seek, yeah. seek help? So there's an Instagram page and it's at the flip side life one, mm-hmm. like number one. And then we also have a website, which is uh, www.theflipsidelife.com. And on that page right now, it's it's in the next few weeks, you will find more information being added to it. But right now, there's a space that people can add their name and their email. And we're just really kind of in building mode of trying to... to um, you know, to kind of make a, a, a growing list of people. Yeah. And, and once we have that, then we can launch some of... Um, some of the things that we're planning on doing, that would be the first step. Yeah, that's fantastic. So for any listeners, if you are in this situation, if you can relate, um, if you have friends that are married to physicians, surgeons, doctors, please give The Flip Side Life a a look because uh, in parenthood, there is nothing more important than sense of community. And that's kind of been uh, a theme that we didn't plan for on this episode. Uh, it's just how amazing community can be when you're kind of entering into these new ventures in life absolutely and that's what you know Alex that's why we say like connection and community is Mm -hmm. everything right nobody Mm -hmm. nobody is meant to do anything alone right and 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 when you're struggling with anything in life knowing that there's people out there that you know maybe um, experiencing similar situation or experiences is is really helpful and yeah so we are yeah we're here 
Thank you so much, Haley, for, Ab- for taking the call. Absolutely. And thank you so much for calling. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, it was great. And uh, I really look forward to seeing what Flipside Life becomes. Absolutely. And thanks. Thanks for your support. And hi to you and Shane and to your, I'm sure Lucy is long sleeping. Oh, but yeah. Beautiful baby girl. <laughs> thank you so much, Haley. Have All a great right. night. You too. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Laura. Hey, Laura, this is Alex and Shane from This Family Tree. Thank you so much for taking our call tonight. Yeah. How are you guys? We are very well. And Laura, you are a midwife, correct? That is correct. That's amazing. Okay. So I am ignorant uh, in this because I am high risk and I never even really had the option of having a midwife. Can you tell me the difference between a midwife and an OB-GYN? OBGYN? Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. So you're not alone in that or just people just <laughs> not knowing. Yeah. Um, so essentially obstetricians are surgeons. So that's a really clear distinction between obstetricians versus midwives. Mm-hmm. So midwives would never be doing a C-section or any kind of like gynecological surgery, like if someone had a cyst or things like that. And uh, they're trained in high risk situations. They can also yeah. do low risk in normal situations, um, but they their focus and training is more towards high risk in surgery. So midwives are experts in low risk, mm-hmm. and we promote natural and normal. Um, childbirth and our model is just slightly different in how we deliver our care mm-hmm. um, and some of those differences would be we really try to educate and inform people we have a little bit more luxury of time in our yeah. appointments so there's more time to involve um, the mother and the parent in terms of making healthcare decisions. So often what that looks like is we'll present options or prevent or present information mm-hmm. and then people can decide what is right for them. And we can say what tests are available, but it's still ultimately always like in your ground yeah. um, to accept or decline. So it's a little bit more focus on empowerment. See, um, I, I, I often, when I've, was pregnant with Lucy, I was finding that um, I was often jealous of the women that I was meeting that were able to have midwives and low-risk pregnancies because just they seemed to have a way more personal level of care that seemed Mm -hmm. so dreamy. And and Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of that. Is that typically how it is or... So there, I would agree that it is more of a personal approach mm-hmm. um, and there is a focus like one of the goals of midwives in Ontario at least is something we call continuity of care. So we think it's important to develop a relationship um, with our clients and get to know them over the course of the pregnancy um, with the goal that we'll be the ones actually at your birth. Right. And instead of, you know, meeting someone for the first time <laughs> or, you know, it, it, your doctor may or may not be working. It's, yeah. it's not really in your control. Um, but in our system, we do think that that's a special thing to have a relationship with your healthcare provider and to know them on amazing. that big day. Yeah, I think that's yeah. so amazing. And then, uh, Laura, there's one question specifically that I want to talk to you about. Um, so as we've talked about on the podcast, I, I just had a miscarriage and Shane and I are emotionally uh, and just so ready to try to have a baby like now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we had somebody come on last week that kind of said, well, you know, you may ovulate uh, two weeks after the first day of your miscarriage. Um, but to keep track because it can put your cycle totally out of whack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my family doctor said, she explicitly said, do not Google this, but please wait at least one full cycle to try to get pregnant again. Um and otherwise you're at risk of having another miscarriage because if you have one and then you get pregnant right away then you have a higher likelihood of miscarrying again and -hmm. then of course I googled it because I love having information and I like knowing these things Um, and what I was seeing online was if it's an early pregnancy and everything's gone and we know everything is gone because um, we had a transvaginal ultrasound Mm -hmm. um, then there's no harm in doing that and it doesn't increase your chances of miscarrying and that that's kind of just something that might be said for the emotional well-being of the parent so can you can you speak on that would you be able to clarify that Mm -hmm. yeah I think it is interesting how different practitioners there's variance in our Mm -hmm. advice um And I think that's kind of across the board. There's different research that comes out. um, You know, how often are practitioners staying up to date on what's the latest research? um, And also research is constantly contradicting itself. Mm -hmm. So maybe one study will come out and say, you know, if women wait six months after miscarriage, the chances of blah, 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 blah are less. And then the next study comes out and says, actually, if they get pregnant within six months, it shows the opposite and things can kind of go back and forth like that. Um, So I would say it's a standard industry to tell women, you know, wait a cycle or one to three cycles and then and digging deeper. And it's like, what is what is the explanation? Like, what is the reasoning? Why are we telling women to wait? Uh, And I think a lot of it has to do with letting your hormones regulate because there's huge surges and things are changing hormonally when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then it can take one or two, sometimes even three cycles um, to get back to your regular period uh, that you had previous to the pregnancy. Right. And sometimes it can take four to six weeks um, until your cycle resumes after a miscarriage. But then again, it's like, well, why? Why does that matter? What if my, you know, what if you get pregnant again and your hormones aren't quite um, back to how they were? And I think the answer is it doesn't really matter. And it it is okay to get pregnant Mm -hmm. again right away. And it's interesting. I think it makes it easier to track and to date a future pregnancy if we know when your last period was. Right. Uh, But we're relying so heavily on ultrasounds now that we're not even calculating due dates Mm -hmm. based on our periods anymore. We're doing it on the size of the baby on that first ultrasound. Right. Uh, So I don't want to overstep your doctor's advice in any regards because there's different... I'm I'm hoping you overstep her advice because we're I'm desperately wanting to try again soon. Yeah, so. so I would say like I don't know the details of your miscarriage of whether it was like an infection, if they told you it was a molar pregnancy or ectopic or things like that. Uh, it, it just it, it seems that it was just a straightforward. Yeah, and and everything early... everything was dispelled by the time we got to the hospital. Okay, and are you weeks. still spotting or bleeding? 
Um, that seems to have stopped yesterday. Okay. So sometimes it can spot on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think it's gone and then it comes back. And it's just important that the bleeding has completely stopped right. before you resume intercourse mm-hmm. um, just for infection sake. So I think that's also a rule of thumb if we're telling women to wait one cycle before they're trying. That's also delaying intercourse to protect against infection and just to have your bearings of where you are in your cycle Mm -hmm. and to give people some emotional buffer and you know as long as your bleeding has stopped then theoretically physically you're healed and I don't see a reason why you couldn't just Mm -hmm. try again yeah yeah well thank you so much for clarifying it was funny because when I did ask uh, I was and I I Again, I like to have information, so I was asking the reasons behind everything, and I wasn't able to to get any. It was just, you know, the conversation was just kind of stopped there as it with my family doctor as it was at the hospital. They didn't answer any of our questions. So uh, I really yeah. appreciate you uh, you coming on and talking about that with yeah, me. Yeah, I think it just helps you get your bearings mm-hmm. to know that everything has completed with the miscarriage and that you're resuming your cycle but there's nothing to say that you're not going to just ovulate you know it's harder to plan but if you're just open to trying and and emotionally you know it feels better to get pregnant as soon as possible then I think that's something that you guys could do well it could be an interesting experiment we could uh, add to the stats in one way or the other yeah but Laura thank you so so much for coming on tonight and I hope you have a great weekend yeah you too all right take care bye bye all right. So is it bad that we did it? Well, the bleeding stopped. It's been on and off. Since, well, she said it could come back. Well, it's been on and off since Saturday, like tiny, tiny, tiny little bits, like barely anything. And I haven't had even a drop since like yesterday morning. Hmm. I think it was good uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. That pro outweighs any cons maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You thought that sex was emotional? I, I think it helps me emotionally to be having sex. Oh, I thought you were saying because I was crying the whole time. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Hello. Is this Sophia? This is Sophia. Hi. Sophia, hi. This is Alex and Shane from This Family Tree. We are so happy that uh, you're taking our call all the way from Costa Rica tonight. <laughs> That's so cute. Sophia, what is your question or story? Well, actually, I just wanted to tell you something. I don't know if this is the right moment because I'm kind of a weird girl and I felt like like you were not going to be able to have that second baby. I'm sorry if that hurt you, but I, I don't know. I felt that like I was praying because I'm really into God and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was praying like for the second baby and everything. Then something told me, like, it's not your time, you know? Oh, my God. You, you, I got to say, yeah. I, I appreciate this call. This is uh, taking me by surprise. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't mind it at all, though. This is this is very interesting. First of all, thank you. Yeah, uh, actually. Thank you for keeping us in your prayers. <laughs> of course. And actually, I was wondering, I was going to ask, but I didn't ask you, uh, what's the topic of today's podcast? There are... A million topics happening all at once today, Sophia. So so this yeah. actually I think is a very interesting thing and I kinda wanna focus on that. So you you um felt that we weren't gonna be able to to have the baby, correct? Yeah. Okay. That so, is correct. So what like how does that 
come across? Like, was that just like an instinctual feeling? I, yeah, I, it's something really weird because it does, it's not the only time that that happened. I have felt with someone is going to die and things like that. I don't know what's wrong with me, but that's really weird. That happened when I was in high school with a friend of mine. And I was like, no, this is going to happen. And I, I was actually watching a TV movie and I started crying and crying and crying. And my mom was like, what's going on? And I was like, this person is going to die. His name was Lucas. And I was like, Lucas is going to die. And she was like, what's going on? What's going on? And I started crying and crying and crying. And then like a couple of minutes later, I received a message that he passed away. Like for something, I don't know what he had. And I think he was healthy and everything. But that was really weird. Also with um, a friend of mine, his mom, she was good and everything. And she had like a heart attack, you know. And I felt that with that. Actually, I was with my boyfriend at that time, and I started crying. I don't know why I started crying. And well, I was like... Of course. I, I think I'd start crying, too. I mean, this is <laughs> this is heavy. Yeah. Um, I talked to my pastor and everything and asked him, like, is this normal? And he was like, yeah. But I was like, I don't want to feel this. I don't know what's going on. Um. So please keep me informed. Um, <laughs> since I, I feel like I have a uh, connection <laughs> to something unique yeah. here um, oh. but yeah you know what it with with the the miscarriage of the last baby um, yeah. it, it was it was weird and I know like Shane was worried every single day too and mm-hmm. it I mean, it's it's hard, I find, to get excited in the early days of pregnancy. Like, you are yeah. very excited, but it's hard to feel at ease, I should say. Because, yeah. you know, there are so many fears and there are so many things that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I'm, I'm truly hoping that for the next one we could we can feel yeah. more um, more comfortable with everything. Yeah. And Wait, like, a little bit more to see if that – because that happened to me. I didn't want to tell anyone until yeah. the three months passed because I was not sure. It was a really hard pregnancy for me. Mm-hmm. Because it was, um, she almost, I had almost a discourage four times. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, at two months, almost uh, four months. And I think the last one was at eight months. But, you know, that oh, was, um, yeah. But that was a premature baby. Oh, Sophia. No. Yeah, I had to get to know. That is that is so difficult. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know that we just need to wait for them to hold high and <laughs> stay in there for this time. It's really hard. Yeah. And I hope that the next time, of course, you're going to have the rainbow baby, beautiful oh baby. Yeah, I, I I truly hope so as well. And and uh, please let me know if I should be on bed rest or anything. I might trust you more than my doctors at this point. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait. Uh, oh, I have yeah. a question. Yeah, of course, Shane. What do you think's gonna like? When do you think she's gonna get pregnant again? Good question. <laughs> I I was not going to say that because I don't want to say, oh, you're going to be really soon because that I don't feel like that's going to be the case. I feel like you guys need to take your time. Oh, okay. For this, to, yeah, for this to happen, and for I feel like, yeah, maybe within a year. Okay. I know that that you want to have it pretty sure I'm pretty sure that you want to have another baby and everything but I'm pretty sure you're going to take your time with that and maybe within a year will be a good time for you guys to have a baby that might be true I I don't know but yeah (laughs) I think Alex was all over me today so it's 
it's hard to say when this is going to happen. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. But uh, I, I, I told Sophia to, uh, yeah, to keep me in the loop. Of course, I will talk to you anytime. And of course, I will be keeping you guys in my prayers and everything. I'm sorry if you're not like a good person and everything, but I am. Mm-hmm. And- my middle name is literally Christian. Really? <laughs> it is, I swear to you. Yep, it is. <laughs> and thanks for taking time to talk to me and everything, okay? Have Take a great, great weekend. All right, enjoy that beach. <laughs> Bye. Gracias. Ciao. Ciao. Hello. The Gingy Pants. This is Alex and Shane from this Family Tree podcast. Thank you so much for our call, and I know uh, things got kind of messed up there. Oh, that's okay. It's so <laughs> nice to hear from you. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was really uh, excited to talk to you tonight. You um, run a successful Instagram account, uh, Mommy Blog. You are a an RN, correct? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you have a family. And any one of those things, any one of those things on its own is a full-time job it's it's crazy um and I'm struggling every day to you know manage work parenting this family tree and everything that goes along with it um so I just want to know how do you balance all those things because you seem like you do it really well and I and I appreciate the honesty that comes out of your account um but I, I did oh, want to ask you, you about how you, how you balance everything Honestly, it is tough, like, and I mean, behind the scenes, and I think everybody needs to realize that is like what you see on social media is not, is not all of it. It's just like little glimpses into other people's lives, but it's tough. Like for me, uh, being an RN, I guess people might assume that I work three 12 hour shifts, but I'm actually Monday through Friday, eight hour shifts. Oh man. So I'm working five days a week and then to come home and then, you know, you have a baby around, I guess, the same age as Cole. Um, he's about to be 14 months. And it's like, you know, you come home, pick him up from wherever he's at. Like my mother-in-law watches him. And then it's who's going to make dinner, who's going to get his food ready, who's going to bathe him, um, get him ready for his nighttime routine. And then, you know, it's just everything kind of like twirls out of control. And then before you know it, it's bedtime for everyone. Oh, big time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, Um So, I mean, I try and find time when I can to do uh, my Instagram blogging. And then, uh, obviously, work comes first and then family life. So, it's just, I guess, prioritizing. And I'm still trying to get a hold of it all, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's it's tough to say. But uh, time management is something I'm definitely always constantly working on Mm -hmm. and just prioritizing like what what's most important sometimes when I find him being the most successful but I mean this happens a lot less frequently than I than I'd like but it's when I like do a bunch of posts you know all in one day like in a couple of hours and then that way throughout the week I can just kind of send them off but I find more often than not that I just kind of do it as the days come and go and that's it's it's really hard to maintain when you do that because then you have to find time for it so I, I want to know what you do like do you try to do like chunk your work and try to do what you can in like a set you know couple of hours or do you just kind of do your posts as they come and write about like what's happening that day 
I honestly do everything as it comes. Like if something happens that day that I'm able to like find a photo, edit it real quick and then post it right away. Like today, like it's very spontaneous actually. Um, that I tr- the easiest thing for me to do is keep up with my stories, which is, you know, just spot on like what's happening at that moment. Like that's the easiest thing for me to share. And I find that a lot of women relate to that. So I feel like most of my Instagramming is through my stories. And then I take a second to look back and see like, oh my gosh, I haven't posted on my feed in a while. And then I'll take time to go through my photos and, and, uh, and, and create a post. But, um, it's definitely, it's just, it's difficult juggling it all. Uh, I am very open, so it's, it's easy for me to just share. And then the interaction with everybody helps also like any time that I get time like in the morning or at night when I'm winding down in bed I'll read through messages and um things that uh everybody that I'm following and following back and interacting with they give me you know things topics to talk about and things to share um even if it's like little suggestions uh and that just that's what kind of like keeps it going so Mm um yeah doing but I find myself doing most of my instagramming uh, in the morning, at night, uh, when I have like a little bit of downtime, like I'll just check in real quick, and I try and I try and stay on top of it as most as I can. And uh, but it, it, it makes people overwhelmed at times, you know. Uh, absolutely. But work is my priority, uh, and then home life is my priority, and then as as much as I can get in with uh, with social media, I, I try to. And what is your husband, like how supportive or involved is your husband in this? My husband is very supportive. He's actually the one that like, you know, keeps the flame under me. They keep uh, doing everything on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tough because then there's times where, you know, I don't know when the right time is to pick up my phone and be on it because, you know, you do have your little one running yeah. around and you don't yeah. want to be the one that's always on your phone. Mm-hmm. So that's difficult. Whereas like, and I've said to my husband, like some, some moms that are stay at home moms, like they treat it as a job and I'm, and I mm-hmm. look up to them and it's like, I want to do that too. But then I try to step back and remember that I am a full-time working mom and it's very overwhelming to try and get it all done. You know? So those days where I say, you know, it's okay to put my phone down and not do it for a whole 24 hours. Um, but then you, you have that guilt yeah. in a way. In oh, a big time. Way. Well, you feel, you feel like you, you, one, you want to do it for you so you can, can keep growing and keep that community you have. And then you feel like you owe it to the people that follow you and the connections that you have online. So it can be right. so difficult. Um, actually when I, uh, like everybody was, you know, we had this big conversation about miscarriage going on and I asked people to share their favorite uh, kind of real Instagram accounts and I was already following you, but several people had uh, said, oh, follow the gingy pants. Um, and I, I think it's because you relate on that level too. You have been open about uh, everything that kind of happens with you, with your followers yeah. and, and you share uh, candidly with them. Uh, and I know that's appreciated. Yeah, I feel like it's 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 good for there to be people out there that are open because people that aren't so open they they need that to relate to you know mm-hmm. and it's funny because I did recently get a lot of messages just randomly with people saying I have a couple of favorite accounts and and they mentioned yours too and I looked <laughs> back and I was already following you so <laughs> that's that's so funny yeah um, 
but I think that people relate to both of us being that we're open and honest and it's not like fluffed. It's, it's very real. Mm-hmm. And you find it, you have you always found it easy to share or did that take a little bit like getting used to? I find it easy to share, but what I, I think what gets, I, I'm always thinking about what other people are thinking. So for me, I would share anything and everything, but I also worry about people judging me for being so open and, and letting people that basically, you know, don't know me and I don't know them into my personal life. Oh, completely. Yeah. You, I have to push those thoughts pretty far out of my head. And I, I think I do that part too well that I need to kind of remember sometimes that people are watching this and thinking about it and judging it. But uh, for me, it's right. just so easy to get that completely out of my head and just be yeah. open, which uh, is good and obviously can be detrimental too. Yeah. I mean, the things that really help me is, you know, when I do get those direct messages and, and it's very heartfelt messages about how what I'm doing and how I'm sharing is helping people so, like, so deeply, you know, like, especially because I went through a miscarriage um, about six weeks ago and I shared that story. And it's just even like I did pregnancy updates and, mm-hmm. and for people that don't have like friends around or like they're in a very like, like a community that that there's not that many people that they can talk to um, for them to be able to have that to relate to and getting those thank yous really keeps the flame going and like mm-hmm. making me want to continue to share. Oh, completely. Um, but I want to say thank you so much. Wait, for- I have oh, a question yes, though. Okay. Ocean, so, yeah. so you mentioned you just had a miscarriage. Uh, you said six weeks ago. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. But, um, uh, Alex had a bunch of questions about trying uh, for another child in terms of like how how long is uh, the right amount of time uh, and uh, when, like some people say try right away because mm-hmm. you're more fertile and it's a, it's more likely to keep. Other people say there's a whole emotional angle where maybe it's not right for your head. Like I guess everyone would just know it themselves what's right for them. But I was wondering what's right for you. And how long do you plan on waiting to try again if you even plan on trying again? Yeah, and, that, and that's tough because um, from what everything that I've heard, it was like, you know, wait one cycle and then try the next. And then after a while, after like four weeks, I never had a follow up at my OB's office. So I made that and my gynecologist told me to wait two cycles. And that was like, that was got me a little down because mm-hmm. that was the first time that I had heard that because I think mentally, like, I'm my husband and I were really ready for a second baby mm-hmm. and it was it was very hard to deal with the miscarriage um I think talking about it really helped I made a video and I posted it on YouTube and it had a lot of interaction that was helpful to um grieve but personally for me I I feel ready so we are actually trying to conceive so fingers crossed we're in that dreaded two-week wait oh and right, nice it's scary. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, you could probably relate, you know. Absolutely. Well, that, and, that's scary and exciting. Um, yeah. So I, and I, I, I saw we're very open uh, about trying and yeah. from the start of like getting a positive test. So kudos to you guys. <laughs> yeah, same to you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we, I yeah. look forward to, uh, to hearing updates. If you do Thank share you. those. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's very exciting. And we were in the same boat. We're, uh, mentally, emotionally ready, and want to start trying, like 
ASAP. You guys are on this. You guys want to try, start trying to? Well, well we, yeah. We, Alex busted a move on me today, actually. <laughs> but you know, like, we want we wanted a baby, and we still want a baby. So yeah. that's yeah. I I don't think I'll feel kind of that uh, wholeness until mm-hmm. we are pregnant again. Yeah, but we're just yeah, t- I, trying to do it responsibly, I yeah. guess, because we are confused and there is so much misinformation yeah. and uh, things. Everyone's saying different theories that we're trying to get a handle on it. Yeah, yeah. So because it was for me, because it was like such mixed. Uh, it was like a fifty-fifty with starting right away or waiting one cycle. That's kind of how I judged it. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'll just wait the one cycle to be safe, yeah, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then we did like the ovulation sticks so that because like my son was a week late when we did like a week behind sizing wise. And then when we went in for our, our ultrasound this time, it was two weeks behind. There was a heartbeat, but it things there was like a bleed. Right. So um, I was like, do I ovulate late? So I think doing the OPKs were it's comforting to know that like my ovulation day is day twenty twenty one. Whereas normally 14, 14. So, you know, because I've never used those before. So I'm thinking now, especially since things are going to be all mixed up, I should definitely get my hands on one. I know Amazon has some good kits. And what what did you use? Did you like it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon had one and it came with a lot of the ovulation sticks. And then it also came with HCG tests. Yes. And it was like under under $10. Did you have the one flow? I don't know what the name is, but it's very colorful on the box. Okay. And designed. Um, I can send you a link. Yeah, uh, I would love that. And I'll, I'll share that for uh, those listening. I will share whatever the Gingy Pan shares with me in stories. So uh, if anybody is in the same position, they can uh, check that out too. Definitely. Yeah. And good luck to anybody who's in that position. Oh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. And I know, I know there's a few of us. And again, just from uh, reaching out and talking to people and people opening up just because you know, breaking that ice. Um, so we're definitely yeah. not in it alone. And I, yeah, no, it's, it's an amazing community. I'm so glad that, uh, to connect with you, just another person, a part of it. Same. I feel the same. It was so nice talking with you guys. Yeah. Definitely. Same. All right. Thank you. Ginger Have pants. A lovely night. You too. Thanks Take for care. calling. Bye. Bye. And that concludes our callers, babe. Wow. What a trip. <laughs> Do you want to do the question? Let's do ask one me. question each because okay, uh, it's a been question. a long one. My question to you, if our life can improve in one way by the time we wake up tomorrow, mm-hmm. what way would you hope that it could change? I wish you and I both had the ability to be organized and not forgetful because I find that leads us behind. Like <laughs> We're always be- a step behind because we both share similar traits that uh, – you know, don't help us in life, which (laughs) it's hard when there's two people who are not organized, are very B-type personalities Mm -hmm. and scatterbrained and all those things. It's very hard to be a parent and constantly be being forget and constantly forgetting wipes, sunscreen, diapers, the the bag that carries all those things, uh, the baby, uh, locking, (laughs) locking the car keys in the car twice in the same week. Uh, you know, all that stuff. It's not just you. It's me too. Well, Lucy seems pretty type A. We're just going to have to wait a couple of years for her to be able to actually help us. Yeah, she's more OCD than she is type A, but okay, that's it. My, my thing would be that, 
you'd be able to work from home or something. Just be around more, you know? Yeah, be easy. What do you think is the uh, worst part about doing a podcast? The worst part about doing a podcast? Ah, that's a good question. I think the stress that I feel beforehand. Um, because I want everything to go smoothly because I want you to think I have common sense. And but honestly, because I do want things to go smoothly and I want to be, you know, have a have a good podcast that people enjoy listening to, that the callers like being a part of uh, and that we can feel confident in. Mm-hmm. And I get really stressed out and anxious uh, prior to recording. And um, that's that's the worst part. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in and joining myself and a very sick Shane uh, for this family tree. Episode 12. Uh, thank you for thank you for listening to this family tree, tree. podcast